Hey, just a little heads up before we get into this episode. As I was speaking to Mr. Farnham in this episode, the first 13 minutes or so were recorded through a Skype call that, for whatever reason, we could not get the audio to sound very good. It kept cutting in and out. There was some weird buzzing. Um, I did my very best I could to doctor the audio, so it was at least somewhat... uh, listenable. Um, However, there's some good content there, so I felt like it still needed to be included into the episode. Um, After that, you'll see that we went to a phone conversation, and that sounded much better, um, much clearer. So, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to smash that subscribe button, and check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, or other podcasting apps, and subscribe to our show. And if you are in your app, do us a huge favor, if you wouldn't mind, and give us a rating and a review, and tell people about the show, and and tell them what you think about it. And uh, that'll help us reach more people with our show. Um, So, enjoy the interview. You're listening to the Unframe of Mind Show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your hosts, Daniel Wagner and Lee Mollendorf, battle the forces of evil by lobbing fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. Welcome back to another episode of the Unframe of Mind Show. My name is Daniel Wagner, and today I have a special guest by the name of Ronald Farnham. He is an author and filmmaker on a mission to end war and poverty and to expose the military-industrial complex and to expose the USA Corporation for what it really is. Welcome to the show, Ronald. Thank you so much, Daniel. I appreciate you having me. Right. From what I was reading, you used to work for the Department of Defense. Correct. And yeah. you opted to resign when the NSA refused to implement your plan to put worldwide terrorism to an end. I was just exactly. wanting to know if maybe you'd like to tell me a little more about what that plan was and why the uh, NSA decided not to use it. Well, I can answer the last question first is if they end worldwide terror, then it's, it puts a halt to a tiered plan that is designed to enslave the whole world and pretty much eradicate certain religions like Christianity or Islam. And the plan, I was, at the time, I was working at Headquarters Special Operations Command. I was the Pathfinder trainer at the time. And I had been the debt data manager for two years of the agency so far uh, for the Special Operations Joint Interagency Collaboration Center. And I took the Pathfinder job. Pathfinder is a software platform that uses link analysis and gathers all sorts of information to decentralize database so that uh, Pentagon and Special Elect Forces and Intelligence Elements can pull from that database and use the Pathfinder system to conduct link analysis, which gives you a, a large uh, picture in several different formats how terrorist operations are being conducted, or really just any given scenario that the intelligence analyst might be working on. Uh, let's say if the Pentagon, at the Pentagon, they might have several different commands that they're working for, or all of them, and each command has an area of responsibility, and if they want to pull from the database for Southern Command's area of responsibility is Latin America, then they could pull up something from Colombia, and they could see the, if they're looking at the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, let's say in South America, 
and they want to see who's talking to who, what phone numbers are connected to what license plates and addresses. And so link analysis puts a picture together of any given scenario that an intelligence analyst is interested in looking at in his AOR area of responsibility. So at that point, I had been contacted by the National Security Agency. Um, several analysts were, and I haven't had a long uh, career as an intelligence and counterterrorism analyst. And they were asking me a specific question about a terrorist uh, activity, and they were asking for a solution to a certain terrorist problem. And so I thought about that email before I answered it for a couple of days, actually, and I put together an email outlining a, a simple step-by-step plan to remove all known terrorists from society and incarcerate them and put them in through a, uh, a retraining program so that they would be complicit with uh, common and statutory law across the globe and see that, uh, you know, killing others is not the right way to make your religious statement. And I, in not so many words, the National Security Agency did not like my plan and, and, and they contacted the uh, program manager and we had words and we, we had a big discussion in an office with several higher-ups and we came to the conclusion at the end of that meeting that it was best that I just resign from my job and leave the global military industrial complex of the intelligence community. And so that's what I did. At that moment, I decided to spread the truth that the global military industrial complex is a series of corporations that are opposing these governments and all working together to force the population into financial slavery by having to earn federal reserve notes. And at the same time, this propaganda machine is delivering a message of war and that the United States of America and its allies are fighting a terrorist battle, a battle against terrorists, and that's really just um, one hand feeding the other, working together to make money on the, in terror while at the same time they have a final mission to destroy Christianity and Islam at the same time, and then bringing up the Luciferian doctrine. And if you want to know what that is, we can discuss that soon. Okay, so, so um, you gave me a couple more questions to ask, of course, but um, I, I guess my first question would be, you know, with, with the NSA, I'm sure they're probably presented with, you know, thousands of different plans and ideas for solving any number of problems, including, you know, eradicating terrorism, if you will. Well, that's... I guess the question is, what, what, why, why would they have, why should they have chosen to listen to yours versus somebody else's? I mean, what made yours... Well, I think they just didn't like my response, and they might have thought it was flipped. They're not going to look into any terror activity, because it's part of a larger goal. I mean, the, the government, I believe, is not really trying to end terrorism. And the word government is actually a word people don't quite understand. You know, mentis is the Latin word for mind, and govern means control. So you have a national security agency is an agency of a corporation. And what is that corporation? The United States of America Corporation. All corporations have to have articles of incorporation and an executive summary in the articles of incorporation. And what is the executive summary of the articles of incorporation for the United States of America? Well, it's widely known as the Constitution of the United States. 
but it's really the Constitution for the United States of America, and the executive summary of those articles of appropriation for the Constitution of the United States is known as the preamble, and if you read the preamble, it clearly states that we, the people of the United States, which the United States is two words, ordain and establish for the United States of America, which is four words. So you have us, the people, living souls, uh, living in this land called the United States, which is a series of countries that are governed by governors, uh, that are two countries, you know, Colorado is a country, Florida is a country, they're all countries, we just, words are used and twisted to make us see a certain picture. And so, you have the National Security Agency and the Department of Defense, the Department of Defense is a department of a corporation, just like how Walmart has departments for its corporation, it's got the electronics department, it's got the C department. So, this is more than just the National Security Agency working on problems that it thinks it needs to fix around the world, but it's actually helping create new black operations and the global military industrial complex that are all working together to create a scenario that we think is just happenstance and fermented over religious differences, but it's really a coordinated effort by corporations to make people believe that governments control their lives. And they use terror tactics to make us think that in the mass media to control our minds and the masses. Now, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you on a number of topics that you're bringing up here. And, and it seems like, um, you, you ever heard of the Overton window before? No, no. no, no. Okay, the window? so the, the Overton window is, is like this... Uh, you imagine like a window you're looking through, and everything within that window is the it's, it's the range of ideas the public's willing to accept at the particular time. Now, as different you know revolutions happen and different ideas are brought to the, to the surface, that Overton window may shift. Now, as it stands right now, the number of ideas that you're bringing up, and, and also a number of ideas I bring up on my show, fall outside of that Overton window. Okay, and there's there's like this disconnect where. As long as people can see within that window, or maybe just a little bit outside of it, they're, they're kind of comfortable with it. But once you get beyond that, it starts to sound and, and be discounted as, say, conspiracy theory, or mm -hmm. you know, uh, a lot of people might say, "Well, Ronald, you sound like you know that Alex Jones character, and he's talking about in, in, interdimensional child molesters." I mean, how do I well, differentiate what you're you saying know, from what funny. you know what he's saying? Well, they don't offer solutions. I actually, I, I've been looking all over for a solution. Somebody who wants to tell the people what to do, how to do it, how to achieve a world without war and poverty. And I have been working on that solution since probably two years before I left the Department of Defense because I kind of started realizing, I read a book called The Course of Miracles, and it just made me look at... Uh, my relationship with humanity in a different way. What was I working for? Who was I working for? And so, for 10 years now, I've been researching the solution. Because without a solution, people can, you know, I can get on the radio all day long and go, be like Alex Jones and be like David Ike and be like any of those other people who are out there, you know, saying that the government is conspiring against you and blah, 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 and this is wrong as that. That's right. But well, look, even anonymous, the group is not giving a solution. So what's the solution? Who's going to give us a solution? And I decided to just take everything from a solution-based standpoint and start working in that direction. What, and what solution are we looking for? 
things. Two simple things. And it ends of war, and it ends of poverty all over the world. That's it. So, how do we achieve that? And that's what I started working towards. So, I'm not like Alex Jones or David Icke or any of those people. I researched facts, and I just saw the simple truth that the United States of America and every other government that calls itself a government is really a corporation, and that the Federal Reserve Banking System really exists, and they're not writing us money on those dollar bills. That's not money. Those are negotiable instruments. They took all the money away from us when they took all the gold and silver off the market and started printing a promissory notes based on the faith and spirit of, of the people. Well, I really feel like the people now are losing their faith and spirit because of what's going on with the where the mass media is putting everybody into a state of helplessness and hopelessness. So what what I'm hearing is is you're you're talking about these things as if they're self evident, as if everybody kind of knows what you're talking about. No, I, and I know that they don't. I, I, I just speak to people every day that don't know anything. Right. Well, I'm I'm trying to think back on you know my younger you know say 22 year old self uh, and my limited knowledge of the world and, and what what was really going on and the best thing I have to go off of is what society around me is, is telling me, what my public school is teaching me, what my parents have showed me. That's the best I can do and, and uh, quite frankly before you can offer me a solution to the problem, as, as simple as the solution may be, I need to be convinced and understand that there is a problem in the first place and I need to be able to identify what that problem is. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally makes sense. So, uh, what, I guess what I'm getting at is, is you, you may have a problem, you may have a, a perfect solution here, but if I don't understand that, that there even is a problem, let alone what that problem is, how do we bridge that connection? Um, it's like you're bring, you're coming to me with a an anecdote or some kind of a tonic that'll heal me, but I don't even I'm like I'm like sitting there telling you, dude, I'm I'm not even sick. What are you talking about? I have no idea what you mean. Like, I guess what I guess what I'm looking for is that connection between how do we convince people there is a problem, if there is a problem, and what, I guess what evidence might you be able to bring forth to make the things a little less self-evident and more evident to the masses, if you will? Well, most people don't really understand the nature of the environment that they're really living in. For instance, if you didn't go to law school and study the law, and you do not speak it legal English, uh, you're at a disadvantage. If you haven't studied the law, most people, there's three forms of English or any language, slang, formal, and legal. And if you don't understand legal English, which is very difficult, you have to pretty much have a black law dictionary with you all the time. Alright, at this point the audio was just getting way too bad and you couldn't hear anything he was saying and it was cutting out and the screeching was getting horrible. So I had Ronald call me on my cell phone. So for the rest of this recording, the audio might sound a little bit different, but I think it's a lot clearer. Well, there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, if you just want to pick it up from, uh, you know, like I was saying, you're, you're offering an anecdote for a disease that I don't even recognize that I have. Yeah. Um, there's so many different things that I can talk about that are the problem. And the first thing people have to realize is you're right, is what is the problem? I mean, how do you even know that there's a war going on or there's poverty? I'm living here, I, you know, I'm living here short time right now working on some entertainment projects and with my wife or production company. And I see homeless people living on, on the streets everywhere. I lived in Los Angeles for four or five years. Homeless people living on the streets everywhere. 
uh, in Georgia, I see people on the corners begging for money. It's just everywhere. Florida, everywhere you go, New York. I see homeless people living on the streets. And I see apartment buildings and houses empty with nobody able to rent them. And why is, well, how has this poverty situation been manufactured? I mean, are those people just lazy and they don't want to have jobs, you know? When you're birthed out of your mother's womb, there's a, you know, nobody, is somebody coming up to you and saying, all right, we've got to get this kid a job now. They First, you're indoctrinated into the Department of Education to learn your history, to learn what you're supposed to do, and then you're funneled into some job that you're supposed to go out and work so you can have what everybody else has, you know, a house and a car and money to go out to, to restaurants so you can eat dead-cooked animals and drink sugar and, and then go home and sit on the couch and watch your big television or play your video games. I mean, is that what this life is really? supposed to be all about and, and whose idea is that and so what, and what do we have to earn in order to live that lifestyle that's been programmed into us are these federal reserve notes which is not money they're just paper monopoly money being printed off by a corporation or a series of corporations that are posing as government and so this poverty has been manufactured you by law and I by law and I've started this uh, class action lawsuit already it's in, it's in the process and I expect probably to go to court with the Supreme Court maybe three to five years. And this is all about promissory notes. Dollar bills, $5 bills, $10 bills, any currency from any country, those are actually negotiable instruments in the form of a promissory note. By law, according to the Negotiable Instruments Act, the Bills of Exchange Act, you can make, sign, and tender for value a promissory note. And I've done that. My wife and I have done that in the, in the amount of a total of $175 million that we've tendered to different banks, the IRS, the Federal Reserve, and the U.S. Treasury, and they've all dishonored them saying, we don't accept promissory notes, which violates the Bills of Exchange Act, Negotiable Instruments Act, and certain U.S. statutes and codes. So if you look at the whole monetary system, these banksters have everybody under their control, making us spend our time that was given to us by the Creator, working for some corporation that is making us earn these, these, these fake promissory notes and we're not allowed, but what if everybody learned they're allowed to write their own promissory notes and started tendering to them, them to the banks, making the bank CEOs dishonor them and dishonor and honor and offer an acceptance? Those are legal terms. That's legal English. When you offer, make an offer, if I, if I offer something to you and you dishonor it and then dishonor breaks the law, you're, you're legally now in jeopardy. You're in legal jeopardy. Everything is offer and acceptance. When a cop pulls you over and asks you for your driver's license, he's off making offer to you. Give me your driver's license. And you can accept or conditionally accept offers. You can say, I'll give you my driver's license uh, for $200 because it's my driver's license. And if, you know, I'll show it to you for 200 bucks deal. And now he has to accept your conditional offer. But people don't know how to verbally negotiate legally with police officers. And because those guys walk up to you in your car with guns. A camera that they're recording and handcuffs, and then you've got shows like Cops, which is showing everybody how the police have authority over everybody, and that anybody who speaks out against them is a conspiracy theorist or a nut. So you've got this situation where you have the U.S. of A Corporation has got all these military people working for it, fully armed police officers enforcing the Federal Reserve's um, bank uh, banknotes on us and statutes, which, are, which aren't even common law. Now, if you're looking at things from a biblical standpoint, the Bible is about common law, the Ten Commandments. And they're trying, if you'll notice, politicians now are trying to pull the common law Bibles out of 
out of out, out of basically our way of operating. And they're turning every country that's communistic or that doesn't really follow the whole statutory law uh, format, they're taking them over. Like, you know, you go out to the Middle East and they use common law out there. You know, if you if somebody robs you, they'll cut your hand off. So they don't want that kind of law here. They're using um, statutory law, which is basically erasing Old Testament common law and moving into New Testament statutory law. And when I was talking to you uh, offline, you know, when I had asked you to interview me, um, if you look at Jesus, uh, Jesus was very against making a deal with the devil. And these days, what is the devil? The devil is the corporations, the governments. And we have to have a social security number. You have a social security number now, you've made a deal with the devil because you're agreeing to give him parts of your earnings and you're, you're basically Jesus. If you, if you think about it and, and really look at what the Bible's saying is don't make a deal with the devil. Don't have a social security number. Jesus went in and pitched over the taxpayers table. So there's a problem. We have corporations that have enslaved us into a war planet and into a poverty stricken planet. Because nobody is fruitful. Nobody owns or controls anything. You can buy your land and pay it off, but you still have to pay property taxes. Why is that? Because the United States of America has the Bureau of Land Management that has patented every land parcel in the United States. And they control the land. You just rent it. Even if you're the, the grant deed holder, you don't have a lodial status. You haven't updated the land patent in your name through the Bureau of Land Management to get a lodial status to be the king of your land. So, you have a landlord, and that's the U.S. of A. Corporation. Ronald? And everybody even, yeah? Now, let me, let me, let me stop you there for a minute. Um, I've, I've been sitting here just listening for probably about five minutes to you, just going on and jumping topic to topic to topic, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Uh, I I don't understand how that would help somebody who doesn't understand any of this. Really, basically, the way I'm. Well, I'm 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 putting out the information as clearly as I can so that people them, well, and then I can get into the solution. Yeah, let me put it to you this way: it kind of feels like I'm getting a fire hose to the face effects, uh, and I and I'm, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty in tune with a lot of what's going on. I, I agree with you on a number of issues that there are, you know, there are definite problems. Uh, there, there's a huge system here going on where all the incentives are pointed in the wrong direction and it causes this, this entire, basically everything you're talking about, it, it becomes a huge problem. And I'm experiencing what you're throwing at me as a, as a, like a fire hose to the face. And I, it kind of seems like, you know, any one of these issues would be a whole life's work on its own. And you're talking about wanting to, uh, what was it? Um, suppose the military industrial compact complex and, and, and battle. The, no, it's the, global, it's and the global military industrial oh, complex. Oh, Yeah, yeah. The, the, well, the global one, but, um, I guess my concern is if, if I'm just some new listener, um, which a lot of the people I, uh, speak to tend to be just getting started on this journey of taking the red pill, so to okay. speak. Um, okay. it's, it's a lot to take in. That was, that was five minutes of <laughs> getting a shower and a fire hydrant, man. I know. And, and it's, you know, I'm trying to show the audience, give them a picture so that they can see that. I, I know it's, I'm throwing the whole picture out there for them to see. So yeah, so it's, take it it's one, an int- one step at a time and go a little slower. Yeah. It's an intricate web. Let, 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 what do you say we stay focused on the Department of Defense uh, job and, and how you, um, 
Okay. How, how, All right. You know, when I'll you, tell you what. That's a good idea. Yeah, when you presented your plan to them, I, I guess one of my concerns, having listened to you so far, would be, you know, if, if I'm somebody that's trying to discredit you, it would be very easy for me to just say, well, this guy's just disgruntled because they wouldn't listen to his plan, and now he's oh, just, you know, like, right. a, like a disgruntled ex-employee is, I could easily discount you and, and just choose not to listen to anything you said. After that, I, I think this episode's probably going to be more about the value of communication than anything else. And I think if we can get your message down to something that's a little more palatable, I think you'll have a lot mm -hmm. more impact in the future. Okay. All right. So then let's talk about the Department of Defense so I can just get people to understand the structure of it to show you how it is the global military industrial complex. How about that? Okay. So what was your initial plan? Let's, let's start with that. Let's just keep it as simple as we possibly can and, and just maybe explain okay. what your initial plan was. Well, let's just... Oh, you mean the plan to end terror? Right. Okay. All right. So let me explain to you how the plan would work and why. Um, everyone who is involved in any kind of illicit activity is under surveillance around... across Earth, across the entire Earth. In fact, every single signal that is being emitted by every, you know, living soul and every piece of equipment puts out a signal. In the intelligence community, there is a term called MASINT, M-A-S-I-N-T. The INT stands for intelligence. MAS, M-A-S, stands for measurements and signatures. Everything puts out a measurement, measurable signature. So in the intelligence community, there is a, a sector called Mazin. There's human. Human is human intelligence. That's like a CIA agent on the street, standing on a street corner, pretending he's a businessman, listening to conversations at the corner, or maybe owning a jewelry store and gathering information from his customers and then reporting to the CIA. A little more how it used to be before the big internet revolution. Oh, but it's still, human is still, all of the intelligences are fully in play. As an intelligence analyst, I used to read human intelligence reporting all the time. In fact, it was part of my counterterrorism writing duties. When I were, like, if I had to write a counterterrorism threat assessment against, let's say, Haiti, I would have to look at the human intelligence reporting, the signals intelligence reporting, all of the different types of reporting that provide all of the intelligence I needed for my reports to give the threat assessment for the, the area that I was writing about. So back to my idea and, and solution to end terror activity. Being everyone is under surveillance by all by the Department of Defense around the world. Um, we know who exactly is doing what, what their plans are, when they are going to do them, everything. There are no surprises in the intelligence community. We knew that the code word for getting married on 9-11 was taking down, you know, was Operation 9-11 to target uh, 43 targets that day in a total devastating global attack, uh, which didn't happen. It was kind of, you know, it was cut short. So being we have everybody under surveillance, how about we use all of our commands and military around the world in all of the areas of responsibility and remove all of the terror threats 
from the street, take them in and put them into incarceration and a retraining program. Um, and then those that could be integrated back into society, we would let them go. Very simple solution. <laughs> the way the Department of Defense likes to do things is they like to let things play out. They, they benefit from terror activity. It's beneficial because um, new laws can be written. Like, look at the result from 9-11, just as an easy example, was the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act, right. And, yeah, was a byproduct of 9-11. And more and more of our rights have been systematically taken away, and we're okay with that now because we are still in the Third World War, which is the global war on terror. And so it's a very simple solution. Why are we letting these terrorists still conduct activity if we know what they're doing? We know mosques are funneling drugs and money through the tri-border area in, in Central South America, into the Middle East, up into Canada, down into the United States, and back through Central America and into South America. There's a, there's a triangle of, of uh, operations, and it just works from continent to continent, and everybody knows who everybody is. We can stop it. If we want to, but it's it's commerce, it's a business, and it's also a mental slavery tool. So what so, I, what I'm here what I'm hearing so far is you know the incentives for the NSA is not to end terrorism and thus end any need for them to have a job. Basically, they, they're concerned. Their their incentive is to stay in business and in operation, and anything that kind of goes yeah. against it or makes it possible that they may not be needed anymore then becomes uh, counter to their overall goals, such as your plan right. to end terrorism as, as though as, you know, maybe it be a simple plan. Um, they have a huge incentive to make everything seem overly complicated to kind of make it, make their legitimacy seem you know, much more uh, palatable, if you will. Mm-hmm. Is, is that? Yeah, well, we call that in the Department of Defense, we call it the uh, self-licking ice cream cone. And um, it's just this never-ending circle of money and generating war. And and so you, you perfectly answered my other question, you know, financial poverty, really. It plays into poverty because poverty and war and its global military-industrial complex all are derived from the same problem, and that's the Federal Reserve banking system that is forcing everybody into their monetary system by making us work for and earn these this fake money, these pieces of paper, these digits in the computer. I mean, how much is your time? Why is your time worth more than somebody else's time? Aren't we all created equal? Why is somebody getting paid $12 an hour and you got somebody else, you know, working for the Department of Defense paying, you know, getting paid $42, $50 an hour to help kill people or, you know, help spy on citizens? And, well, and here's can, how everybody's being spied on, if I can just tell you that, or you want to ask me a question first. Oh, I was, I was want to answer your question about why somebody's time might be worth... Yeah. No, I, I don't... Now, obviously, there's a huge disparity between government jobs and, and private market jobs, but in terms of, say, the private market, yeah, people with, you know, will earn different amounts per hour or per job or what have you based on what the market will bring, based on the experience they bring to the table, based on the knowledge they have 
acquired over all the years of training, the schooling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think what you're talking about is a little bit different where, uh, how do we, how do we determine the price of a defense contractor or say even the job that you had in the department of defense, how, how, how is that determined uh, in terms of free market when it's clearly a government's private market entity? Well, all value for anything is only perceived value. Everything is perceived value. That's correct. Your $30 an hour versus my $10 an hour is the perceived value by the employer of you over me. And when you say we're getting training from, you know, education, who is, who is writing the education for us? Well, you know, you and I, we went to school, we grew up, went to kindergarten, high school, college, you know, as far as we go, but who's writing that curriculum? The Department of Education of the U.S. of A Corporation. Right. And the Department of Education is specifically written for the citizen to serve the system of their their education system, of their corporation. There's a big difference between a living soul and an individual, a person, a citizen, a resident, and a domicile. Those are all legal terms, those last five, that are make you an employee of the U.S. of A Corporation because you have a Social Security number. And you earn these, fake fe- these Federal Reserve notes and give a portion of them back to the, the corporation that you're working for because you're their employee. And then, you know, benefits and medical and dental and, and all the stuff that's thrown in there for you, you know, and that's, that's the incentive for somebody to be a defense contractor. So, you know, that, the path of the defense contractor is usually go into the military, serve in one of the branches, get your top secret clearance or get your qualifications to work as a contractor. And then you drop your, you know, $40,000 a year soldier pay for $125,000 to $200,000 a year contractor pay, or you go and become a, um, a government service agent like CIA. When I was working as a counterterrorism analyst at Southern Command, I was making around $75,000 a year as a counterterrorism analyst back in 2002. And the CIA called me one night and was recruit, recruiting me to become a counterterrorism analyst to go up to Langley and make $55,000 a year, but they would pay for parking. And I thought, ah, you know, the whole reason I got into the intel field was because I actually did want to work for the CIA when, when I was young and stupid. And um, when they finally called me, they were offering me $20,000 less than what I was paying. So it was about money because I had my lifestyle. You know, I had my family to take care of, and I wasn't going to take a $20,000 pay cut from the CIA just for the status of being in the CIA. Man. So what makes this stuff so... The whole mindset though, of the people is all about earning money and what the value of things are, and that's all made up. We're all living souls made of the same material of the same value. This whole monetary system is fake and made up by the global military-industrial complex to make us work for them to serve their system all over the world. And if you don't, you have to stand out on the street corner holding a cardboard sign begging for more of those Federal Reserve notes. Now what, it's just a twisted system that we're living in. What makes that so complicated is I, I, I'm, a, I'm a personal believer in free market capitalism in terms of the, the principle and the theory. And yeah, value is you know in the eye of the beholder, so to speak, and it is technically made up based on how much perceived value something will have. Say if you and you and I trade something, you know I, I may perceive the value of whatever you want to trade me 
more or less than somebody else might. But, but what makes it so difficult to suss out is the fact that the, the government's agencies and government's entities have become so intertwined in every aspect of your life that it becomes almost impossible to separate out what is the government's uh, manipulation going on and what is actually free market. And I think a lot of people confuse free market principles with what we have today, which is not at all what uh, what capitalism is. And somehow they've turned our words against us and made capitalism the enemy instead of saying, oh, well, maybe the government is the bad guy here, <laughs> you know? Government is the bad guy. Um, but it's not just government. Government's part of a larger system of control by the banking uh, institutions. And the want and the desire to keep the people in a state of slavery you don't have the resources. I don't have the resources to build a rocket ship and try and fly to another planet. Why? Because I don't print up the money. And the whole system also not only makes us spend our time working for a corporation, but also leaves us unable to actually take care of ourselves. Like, for instance, everything that I own, I did not make. I didn't make my clothes. I didn't make my computer. I didn't make any of my furniture. I didn't make my car. I didn't make my food. In fact, without without being able to go and buy something at a store being run by a major multi-million dollar corporation, I wouldn't have anything. Because since birth, I've been indoctrinated into a system where everything has been there for me to buy as long as I was willing to spend my time earning, buying power. Man, that, that sounds but, like that, and, that sounds like a huge false dichotomy, though. I mean, I don't think the answer is you either have the food coming from a major corporation or you starve. I don't. I think there's many levels in between. I mean, yeah, there there is a lot of control of of corporations over huge sections of the market. But I mean, what about the farmer down the road that grows his own tomatoes? You go to the farmer's market and buy his tomatoes. I mean, that's still yeah, also price. Exactly. That's part of a market too, but you know, I'm, but how I'm many not, of those farmers are there? I mean, there's, there's not a lot, but I mean, they do exist. And what I'm, what I'm getting at is I'm, I'm not forced to go to Walmart and buy their tomatoes. If I choose to, I can go to, I got a local farmer's market. I can actually get tomatoes a little cheaper. I mean, it's a little bit different uh -huh. because they may cost uh, a little, they may cost less, but I can only get them in season or, you know, what have you. But I, I do have a choice. Uh, but either way, 99.99% of the market, of the population, there's 330 million people in the world. Let's say there's 100,000 farmers. In the United States, you mean? Yeah, the population in the United States is 330 million. We have a 7 billion population, I guess, on the planet, last I, I checked right. around there. So... A very, like maybe 0.1% of the population are farmers growing things, and a lot of those farmers are under the control of um, the government, uh, where they're forcing them now to use genetically modified seed. And if you read the reports about what genetically modified foods do to you, you'll realize that it's almost like we're being systematically poisoned to death because the genetically modified foods alter our DNA and cause a lot of physical problems. And over the long term, people are going to start finding it out more and more. I mean, look at the obesity and cancer rates and just everything that's being pushed on us from all different directions. I, well, that, I'm, I'm actually proud of my father-in-law because he's actually an independent farmer and grows his own food on his own property and his own, you know, land and, and uh, 
you know, he, he's not reliant upon having to go to the store and buy food. And we're all programmed to eat meat, dead cooked animal flesh. But yet people say you are what you eat. If you're eating dead cooked animal flesh, what do you think that's going to do to you? You know, you're, you're taking in the DNA and absorbing the DNA of some animal into your body. Right, as, oppo- um, as opposed to like plants, I mean, I guess if you eat a salad, you're also well, taking in the DNA of a dead, rotting piece of exactly, vegetable, exactly. vegetation. And, um, What's the difference? My wife and I have become <laughs> vegan raw as much as possible. So, you know, what are we really supposed to consume? That's the thing. All of the science we know about the human body uh, has been fed to us by the, the uh, Department of Education. I've never done any research. I've never... Um, really researched and, and looked under a microscope and spent years studying the chemical processes of the human body. I'm only reliant right now upon the information at hand from the Department of Education or the science community, which is really part of the U.S. of A corporation and all of the different corporations around the world that are posing as governments. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, we, we've uh, jumped f- <laughs> from quite a few different topics, and it seems like we could spend a, an hour talking about any, any one in particular yeah. topic today. And, and I'm, I'm glad, you know, I am glad to see that, you know, there's people like you out there trying to search for the truth and figure out how to, how to solve the problem. I, I think we need more of that. And I think if we can get better at um, maybe condensing down our message and communicating that in a more simplified format to folks, I think, I think we can have a lot bigger impact. Uh, um, well, I, I have I, definitely found out the truth, and I have definitely figured out the solution, and I'm spreading that solution now. You know, I have you a know step-by-step solution people can take. You know what's funny? I, I used to think the same thing when I was 18, and then I thought the same thing when I was 25, and right now I'm 33, and I, I, I don't know anymore. I don't think I know the truth, but what I do know is uh, you need to have a good, strong methodology for determining truth from falsehood and then then just then just follow where the facts go i mean that's that's all you can do after that um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think the more i learn the less confident i am that i know everything or that i know the truth uh, per se so uh, be- before we uh, close out um is there any special projects you're working on or any kind of you know what website can people go to to find out more information about you yeah, um, I have a feature film coming out this weekend called Hollywood and Vine, which actually has one of the first steps, uh, the first two steps of the solution to ending war and poverty. And the first step is for everyone to get rid of their social security number and you can, and I have the paperwork that people can email me about. You can, um, actually remove yourself as a, um, employee of the US of A corporation. <clears throat> and then the second step, uh, which I mentioned in the movie is, uh, return your birth certificate, which is the title that the state has over your body, and then create your own new certificate of live birth, make a copy of that, and then issue that to the state. So, <clears throat> once, uh, all enough people around the world resign from their corporation that's posing as a government, and get back control, legal control of their physical body, their living soul, their body, by getting their certificate of live birth, then the uh, corporations that are posing as governments will actually have no more employees and they go out of business. And so this movie, Hollywood and Vine, that's premiering 4th of July weekend, is actually about the independence of the people uh, getting independence. And this woman who is like the Messiah, she comes from the Pentagon and she's written a sequel to the Bible. 
and she teams up with a couple of female intelligence agents, and they stop ISIS terrorists from detonating a dirty nuclear bomb at the Hollywood and Vine train station. So the movie's called Hollywood and Vine. And, um, and the book is out on the movie, so you can get that on Amazon. And I have a new book coming out soon called Horoscope, um, about a YouTube sensation band that sells their soul to the devil to try and get famous, and then they re- and then it just go- it gets bad for them. All right. But, uh, I would love for everybody to check out Hollywood and Vine, and uh, they could email me, or they could go to Facebook, Hollywood and Vine on Facebook, and you'll see it, uh, the poster, uh, which is a star of Hollywood with Hollywood and Vine written across of it. Or they can email me at ronaldfarnum, uh, or farnum.ronald at gmail.com, or Hollywood and Vine the movie at gmail.com. All right, Ronald, I'll go ahead and, and make um, sure to uh, include yeah. those links in the description down below. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you, and I, I look forward to doing it again sometime. Maybe we can choose a specific topic and, and stay on that one for, for longer than a couple of minutes. How about that? Well, definitely. The next one I would like to discuss if we do when I come back on is let's go over how to um, get rid of your Social Security number. Uh, I would love for everybody to start taking that first step. So. Next time, let's just stick to that, and I'll go over the step-by-step process and the paperwork, and everyone can uh, start disenrolling from their U.S. of A corporation. All right. Alrighty. It's a pleasure speaking with you. All right. Have a good night. Wow. Was that not the best ideagasm you've ever had? Want to do it again? Go to unframeofmind.com to find more mind-stretching, world-altering podcasts, videos, and articles, and get those critical thinking juices flowing.